Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. Friends, good morning. Thank you for uh, tuning in this morning. I know for us in California, it's a beautiful sunny day, wherever you might be. I know some of you are probably still dealing with the weather situation. And it's probably very cold in some areas, but no matter what, let's get up. Let's enjoy another day that the Lord has given us. Let's uh, embrace the warmth of His Word. So that no matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're facing, our challenges in life, we know that our Heavenly Father is with us, by us, and always guiding us every day. So my friends, today we are starting a new book. We're going to dive now into the book of Job. And, um, you know, the book of Job, as we begin to explore it, it's going to teach us a lot. It's going to teach us about people's statuses, um, what happens possibly when they lose those statuses, how do they react, um, how do they still treat others, and most and foremost, how do they continue to be in relationship with God. So my friends, if you would turn to the book of Job, we are going to start in chapter 1. And in chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 1, and this is what it says. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oak of oxen, 500 female donkeys and a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east and his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Father, thank you so much for your word. This word is so powerful. This word is so true. And this, so, and this word we could definitely apply to our lives today. We thank you for the message. We thank you for the example of this entire story we're going to be diving into with Job and his family. And uh, we just thank you for the journey that you're going to take us on now with the book of Job. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 my friends. So here we are in a new chapter. Here we are in a new book. Here we are in a new family setting that we're being introduced to. Right away, it starts to explain to her, to us who the people are, right? 
just like any story starts to tell us. That's why the books and the stories in the Bible are so amazing. Because it speaks to us in layman's terms at times, just like everyday life experiences that we have. And when it starts to say here, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. Right away, we have this first person. It was a man named Job. And that man was blameless and upright. What does that mean? That man was honoring God, following commandments, respectful to others, right? He was um, doing things according to um, what God would want him to do. He was a, a man of integrity, a man of good character, right? It's all these things, blameless and upright. And one who feared God and shunned evil. So he feared God. Because he knew God was all-powerful. And at the time of Job, you know, everyone knew that God existed. Uh, but also everyone knew that there were other things going on in the in different nations uh, surrounding where Job was in this place of Uz. And, uh, but Job was faithful to God and uh, he shunned evil. Meaning he didn't sin, he didn't fall into temptation. He constantly, you know, uh, did the right thing, which is a perfect example of what we should follow in our everyday lives today. And then it says, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. So he had a lot of children, right? Seven sons and three daughters. That's 10 kids, 10 children. Listen, at the time of Job, having a lot of kids was a blessing. It was a blessing, in God's eyes, right? Because every child that was going to be born uh, was going to serve a purpose on this earth, was going to contribute to the family back then, and uh, was going to continue to then move on to have their own their own children, their own uh, lineage of the family. And, you know, back then you had a big family. It, it was a common norm. Uh, today, People start talking about how many kids they have and people look at them like they're weird or crazy or something, you know, because we don't look at things like that anymore. We like we've conditioned ourselves to just, you know, have no children or just have one or two children or, you know, whatever the case might be. But in God's eyes back then, a family that prospered, prospered well with, you know, honoring God and also the children who honored uh, their mother and father and also many children that were born that were there to carry on the name of that family. And then it says here, also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. So what does that tell me? That tells me this man was prospering. This man had an abundance, blessing. He had so much cattle. He had tons of cattle. He had, you know, he was a far, probably a farmer. I'm sure he was. Job was a farmer. He had so many different uh, things, right? So many different animals, sheep, camels, oxen, donkeys, and a very large household. So when I think of that, I think about a very large household, not just with the animals that he had and the farming land he had, but also with, you know, possibly we already found that we already heard about the children. So now let's talk about maybe servants, right? People who were his uh, helping hands at the time. So when it says 
and a very large household, meaning not just his children, his wives, and um, his, uh, you know, but also probably his servants and those that were diligent in helping him with, you know, maintaining all of these animals and this land aside from the children. So he had these things. Uh, and 500 um, female donkeys, right? So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. So in other words, he had a great reputation. When they say the greatest, meaning this was probably known to be a man who had the most of everything. And um, of all the people of the East. In other words, it's like when you're, you're in town, you're visiting somewhere in town, and you say, oh yeah, in this neighborhood, blank, blank, blank lives here. And they own like, you know, three blocks of property, <laughs> right? So that'd be considered in our day, like the greatest person that has like the most property in this neighborhood. And they're, you know, well-known, well-respected, um, and, uh, you know, well-liked, right? And at the same time, uh, of the east, of that side of town, of that side of that location, right? And then it says here, and his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So let's talk about this for a minute. So his sons would go and feast in their houses. So now this gives us more context, right? Of who the children are. These are adults. This could possibly even be early teenagers because back then, you know, it was a different lifestyle than today. But uh, they apparently had made probably their own families these, out of these sons and uh, they have their own uh, places, their own locations, their own family. And they would go and they would, in their own homes, have their own parties, do their own thing, have their own gatherings, Right. Which is what we do these days too, right? We have our own homes. We invite people over. We have parties, get-togethers. You know, um, we do things. We laugh. We joke. Uh, you know, we might be doing other things. We don't even know that we might be doing wrong, right? But you know what? Uh, it, that's what his sons were doing at the time. And they would invite over their sisters to eat and drink with them, Right? And you know, half the time, they weren't just drinking Pepsi, 7-Up, Coca-Cola. You know, they were drinking, you know, wine and doing things, right? And having fun and... Because that was the lifestyle, right? So, because they were feasting and having all this fun and doing what they had to do accordingly... That's them living their lives, just like we do every day. You and I wake up and we live our lives, right? And our parents could may or may not know what we're up to, even if we're on our own, right? Or even if we're still living with them. But we're just going about our life. We're having fun. We're engaging. We're doing different things, right? And then it says here, So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. So 
not only is this one of the greatest, Job is one of the greatest men in the neighborhood, in the town, well-respected, well-liked, lives a life of integrity, lives a, a life unto God. He also is very concerned about his children. And he always is very concerned about what they may have done or not done accordingly to the feasting that they were doing. Because again, as parents, we know that we cannot see every move that our child makes. Even when they're teenagers, young adults, even when they're on, the, on their own, we don't really get to see what uh, they're doing. We can hear that they had a birthday party, maybe they had a gathering, they had friends over, you know, like, uh, you, you know, they had uh, uh, some games, they were, whatever it was, you'll hear about it, but you don't really know what they were doing, right? So for Job, because not only did he fear God and he didn't know what they were doing, he also knew that he wanted not just himself to be right with God constantly and consistently, but he also wanted his children to be right with God constantly and consistently. And he knows that his children may have messed up somewhere along the line. So in order to protect them and cover them and continue uh, to um, have God on their side, he would sanctify them. You know, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. He literally would go and make a sacrifice unto God for the sins that possibly his children may have committed that they weren't aware of, right? Now, at the end of the day, you and I both know that there's nothing greater than a praying parent on our behalf, especially when we know our parents are praying for our salvation. And in this case, Job was constantly praying for the consistency of his children because he didn't know if they had innocently done something wrong or against God or sinned in, in some way. So he would sanctify them. He would make sure that he'd pray for them He'd be an intercessor. He'd do a burnt offering unto the Lord on their behalf for all his children, 10 of them, right? And this is something that he did, I'm sure, all the time. Because look, you cannot always have an eye on your kids. And parents, if you're hearing me right now, you know exactly what I mean. You know, you, you drop your kids off to school they're in school for what, six, seven hours? You don't know exactly what they've done in school. You know, you know they're supposed to be in class and they're supposed to be doing other things, learning, <laughs> but you never know what they're doing when they go to the bathroom. You never know what they're doing when they're outside during recess time. You don't know what they're doing. And even as adults, again, once they've moved on with their lives, you don't know what they're doing. But if you're a parent who really loves your children and are always you know, wanting to intercede for your children, you will always pray for the, your children no matter what. You will always include them in your prayers. You will always include your children when you're praying during your devotions. Because you have a relationship with God and you want to always make sure that your children are, are safe, are good, are in the right place they're supposed to be in. 
And if they've done something wrong, you're the intercessor on their behalf to help them. Now, I know some of you might be listening to me and say, man, this is like interesting. Yes, it is. And it's no different whether it's a parent to a child or a friend to a neighbor or a friend to a sibling, right? Or a friend to a coworker. It's the same thing. We should do this in helping of each other, in building family, because it was obvious that Job was a man who, who, who was, it was very important for him, for his family to be on track and on the right track. And he was always doing the best thing for his family. Not only was he always taking care of himself with the relationship we had with God, but he always wanted to make sure that the relationship for his children with God was also secured. And I don't know about you, but there are many parents out there praying for you that you're not even aware of. There are many friends out there praying for you, co-workers praying for you. Family members praying for you. Because they don't know what you're up to and what you're doing. They might just hear through the grapevine what you've been up to. But they're praying for you because they want you to do well. They want you to succeed. They want you to be right with God. You know, I'm getting ready to go on travels. And I had a friend, a dear friend, call me yesterday and wish me well to my travels. That, you know, she was praying for me. And I appreciated that so much. Because, you know, she knows what I'm going to have to endure. And she knows she's not going to be able to see it or or be with me in the situation. But she wants to pray on my behalf and make sure everything goes well. And that I'm secured and protected. So Job, this man that we're learning about right now, he had integrity. And he wanted to sustain that integrity, not just for himself, but also for his children. He's considered the best man on the side of the East, right? Well, he has a great reputation. He doesn't want to burn bridges about his reputation. He wants to make sure that he's still in the right place according to God and according to the right things. And then it says here, For Job said, it may be that some have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, thus Job did regularly. So he was saying, you know, there's a possibility that some of my kids may have sinned during this feasting time. Who knows what they were up to? Who knows what they were doing? And if that was the case, they may have also cursed God. Things may have, you know, because listen, when you start to drink alcohol, things start coming out of your mouth that are not supposed to come out of your mouth. Or they come out from the abundance of the heart that's really been hidden all this time, right? Because the alcohol takes over your brain and then, and then it makes you disoriented, incoherent, whatever it does to you at times, makes you totally drunk, whatever the case might be. And you're not thinking straight. You're speaking irrationally, doing things irrationally. So Job wanted to make sure that, and he acknowledged and realized that this may have happened, that this was a possibility. So without any further ado, he would go straight to God to atone for them, to like, you know, to, to, um, to pray on their behalf so that God would not 
forget about his kids. Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? My friends, do you understand what this means? This means Job was a man after God's heart as well. He wanted to do things right by God. Because listen, we all know kids. We all know our children. We know what they might be thinking sometimes. And things that they give us uh, key words on that sometimes we're like, Oh, maybe my son or daughter's not really into like Bible study. Maybe they're not really that excited about it. You know, you get hints. You know your children. Job knew all his children. He knew their personalities. He knew their tendencies. He knew how they would react. Whether it was passive, aggressive, whatever it was. But he knew his children. And he wanted his family to continue to stay right with God. And he wanted to uphold and up, he upheld his reputation in town. Because that was more important to him, fearing God. I'm sure that, you know, for Job, like, he, he had it all. He had it all. You know, he was very, very well off. You know, and a lot of times when people were very, very well off, they don't think of doing the right thing. But in Job's case, he had it all. He was a wealthy man, but we know he was wealthy based by everything we just read of what he um, has in his possession that God has blessed him with. But he wanted to still uphold the right thing to do, the right character, way of being, integrity, you know, uh, respectful. He has morals. You know, he's like, he's doing the right thing. And as we end here at this time with this passage of scripture, my friends, I want us to think about that. I want us to think about like, are any of you like in the position right now of Job that we're reading? You have it all. You have all the blessings. You, you have above and beyond anything you could have imagined. And are you honoring God? Not just with all the blessings that you've, he's given you. But are you also honoring him and making sure that your family is on the right track? That if, you know, someone's falling in possible line with sinning, are you interceding? Are you stepping in and interceding for that, for your loved ones? This is very uh, important, my friends. This is very uh, enlightening, in my, in my opinion. You know, we have to ask ourselves... Do I pray for my sisters and brothers when I've, I'm hearing things? Am I really setting, you know, things up according to God's way of how he want me to do things and treat my family and speak and intercede on behalf of my family, my, especially my children? We have to think about that sometimes, my friends. So it's very interesting. It's the story is great <laughs> as we're reading it. It's just, you know, we're getting to know this person. This man, we're getting to know his family. We're getting to know what he possesses, his status in town. And we're also knowing that this is a man who fears God and wants to do the right thing in God's eyes. So I'm going to leave you with that, my friends. And I hope that you continue to enjoy the rest of your weekend. Know that God loves you. Know that uh, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what challenges are coming, God is there to help you. 
and to intercede on your behalf. So stay diligent in prayer, stay diligent in the word, stay diligent in communicating with God. Continue to give your life over to Jesus Christ. If you have not done so, please do so today. It's something that's free to surrender your life to Christ. There is no fee for it. There's no subscription plan. There's no payment plan. There's no, you know, you don't, uh, the, the, uh, salvation through Christ is free. Salvation through Christ is for everyone. So don't forget that, okay? Stand strong and know that you are loved. And I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.